Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week. And regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. And if it does add value, it would mean the world to us if you would share with a friend or if you use Apple to rate and review our show. It makes a big difference. All right, today's episode is going to be a little different. Um, I have with me Kate Netton, and she is the wife of Meaning Over Money co-founder, Cole Netton. So, Kate, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Now, Kate, I think it's fair. We need to warn the audience. We are underprepared for this. And by underprepared, I mean we are not prepared <laughs> at all. Which is not my forte. I know. I can see, I can see, I can see the, the anxiety in you right now, <laughs> which, which is appropriate. And here's how this happened. Um, I was driving back to the office and my intent was I was going to record at least one, maybe two podcast episodes today. And then I remembered, oh, shoot, Kate's working right next to our podcast studio, which, which isn't uncommon. You're here no. at least one day a week. And, and I thought, well, I don't want to interrupt Kate. And then I thought to myself, wait, what if, what if I just grab her and we just interview her? And here we are 10 minutes later. This has literally <laughs> been 10 minutes since she found out this was happening. And so... I think this is going to make for an even better interview, Kate. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it goes right along with something that I'm trying to do more of, which is just saying yes to opportunities that can serve others. So as, as I was driving here, Kate, the thing that keeps popping into my mind is, and I'm hearing this from clients over and over and over again, because again, our audience is young adults. Most of my clients are young adults. And what I always say is, nobody experiences more life changes in a shorter period of time than young adults. And you're 27. Mm-hmm. And so you're in it. Yep. And, and I was thinking like, and Cole and I talk about this all the time, but your journey is wild. And in a seven month period of time, and this is seven months that happened, say a year ago, you had a baby, mm-hmm. you bought a house, you started a business with your friend, Cal, and you left your career. Yep. Four really <laughs> big life changes in, in seven months. And I don't know about you, but like just hearing that, my head spins. Yeah. It, it was a wild year. And I think looking back on it, hearing you say all that makes it sound even, even crazier. But reflecting on that time in my life, lots of emotions, lots of transition happening in internally, externally, just all around. And I'm a huge advocate for just kind of following where the Lord is leading you and not letting your limiting beliefs or just putting his plan for your life in this box. And I haven't always been that way because as mentioned previously, I'm, I'm a planner. I really like to think ahead about my decisions. I like to calculate it out and, you know, make the right decision, put the pros and cons and weigh things heavily before I make decisions. And the Lord has kind of completely transformed my thinking on that. Not not wholly. I still am who I still am who I am. But in the end, when you follow His will, and and it happened to be that all these changes fell within seven months, um, He does some pretty crazy stuff. So, yeah, and I, I think, you know, we've known each other for a decent amount of time, and I think yeah, we kind of have to rewind a little bit because your journey did not start with you making that choice, right? Um, there was a lot more life, and I and I think back to when uh, I kind of knew you. I didn't really know Cole, and um, we we ended up doing some coaching 
mm-hmm. you were engaged. You weren't married yet, right? Or were you married? We were married when we officially met because we were deep into debt together. I think it was maybe eight months after we got married that we were like, we better figure this finance stuff out. And so if I, if I remember correctly, and, and I might have twisted the story in my head, so if I'm exaggerating, let me know. But my version of the story is that I started working with, with you and Cole, and you had about $42,000 of debt. And I remember we, we were sitting down together, and I said, I think you can do this in less than two years. And your plan was five years, Much right? Much longer. <laughs> you were like, you were saying, I want to be, want to be out of debt in five years. And I said, no more than two years. And you thought I was insane. Oh, yeah. I thought you were crazy. I walked away excited from that meeting because it had never been something that crossed my mind that was even possible at that point, based on my own carefully calculated details. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember having those conversations and you're staring at me like I'm insane. Fair point. But <laughs> this, this idea that you, you could do something f- crazy, something totally abnormal that nobody else is going to do. And, and I remember, if I remember correctly, we left that night saying we could probably do this in 18 months. Mm-hmm. In, in 18 months, if you're willing to do this, I'm willing to do this with you. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm not sure you left thinking you were going to do this, but I remember you, you contacted me afterwards and said, Travis, we're in. Mm-hmm. We went through the numbers. We really dug in and we said, okay, no, no. We can do this in, what, 15 months, right? Yep. Is that the number? We said, all right, 42,000, 15 months, we can make this happen. Yep. And I, I, I was still mind blown that that was possible, but I was committed to doing whatever you told me to do to make it happen. And, and Cole didn't even have a job at this point, I don't think. So I was especially skeptical on how this was going to work. But my heart was in it because I knew a year and a half, a year and a few months was worth the changes it was going to make in the long term. And truly, probably none of those changes that you just mentioned that have occurred in the last seven months were possible without this first step Yeah, five years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, you said yes to doing something really hard. You signed up for 15 months of just really locking this thing down and, and yep. just moving forward right at the beginning of your marriage, which is yep. not normal. It's not fun um, on the surface. And then fast forward, what? 11 months, mm-hmm. 11 months, $42,000 of debt you paid off. Yep. Crazy, crazy. And what'd you do right after the debt? So we are polar opposites in our spending. My husband's a spender. I'm a saver. So I would say it was more difficult for him throughout our 11 months of getting out of debt because he sacrificed a lot in being able to completely change his spending habits. And I want to say about seven, eight months in, when we had really been going hard at this debt. We were growing weary. We were growing tired. Um, we were making sacrifices. And my husband, this, the natural spender, really needed like that boost. And so something we had always wanted to do was travel, and specifically to New Zealand. And that had been his dream for a really long time. And I was totally on board for it. And so we kind of decided at that point, I think it was October, we sat down. I can remember it like it was yesterday. We were eating at Hy-Vee in their diner and we looked at each other and we're like, why don't we use that as our motivator to continue hard and fast on this journey that we know we've been called to, which is to get out of debt. And when we get out of debt, we get to spend whatever it takes to take this incredible trip to New Zealand. And so that is exactly what we did. We ended up 
we actually had a timeline because I was a teacher, and so I only had summer months off, and we knew that was our only chance to spend a few weeks over in New Zealand. And so we either got to get out of debt as quick as possible so we could do it that summer or wait an entirely or wait an entire another year when mm. I was off for another summer. So we kicked it into gear, I think harder and faster than we ever had imagined and ended up getting out of debt in that February and immediately taking off for New Zealand by that summer. Yeah, and how long how long were you in New Zealand for? We stayed for 3 weeks. Oof. Yeah, it was a good chunk of time. It was awesome. I love the pictures that were coming out of that trip. Yeah, they That's were when beautiful. I decided I wanted to go to New Zealand. <laughs> yes, you need to do it. Everyone needs to do it. And, and so you made this big sacrifice, and and then on the heels of that, you went to New Zealand. In the middle of that, what we didn't talk about is um, the plan was Cole was going to get a job, and you guys were going to pay off all this debt. Well, three weeks into his job, he just ups and quits. Didn't even tell you. And I'm like, dude, you can't, that's not part of the plan, Cole. You can't just up and quit. And he's just like, I, I, I need to do this over here. So he quit this job. He had a corporate job. He quit that, and he started his filmmaking business, mm-hmm. which is where he's at now. And that led us to where we are with meeting over money, him and I working together, which, so I'm grateful for his insane decision, but I just love this thing about you and Cole, where we talk about meaning over money and it's not, it's not just a, 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 a name. It's, it's a way of life. Yeah. It's a way of living. And you guys have lived this meaning over money every step of the way, which leads us to this idea of transition, life changes. And so here you are, um, you're pregnant uh, with your first child yep. and super exciting, scary. Yep. You know, it's like we're young adults. We're trying to figure this out. We're going to have a baby. And and then you decide to buy a house. Yep. And so we talked a lot about that. And and you bought a house for the right reason. It wasn't because you thought it was a good financial decision. You you didn't think it was a good financial decision, but it was a great life decision yep. for you. Absolutely. And so here comes your baby, beautiful little girl. You have this house. And at the same time, you're also feeling led to to start a business. So share a little bit about that. Yeah, it was a lot all at once. And I think it's not typical of me to want to make so many changes so quickly. But it truly was just led with God pulling my heartstrings one after the other and a lot of prayer that went into it. And um, so we had our baby. We we wanted to be in a home, and this is right at the start of you know the crazy market, and so that was hard and emotional. And then this is November now of 2020, and my friend Callie, who lives across the country, we met through um, Instagram and hit it off right away. We had a lot of common things. And God started to give us this vision of a business that we wanted to start to help people get in his word daily. And we came up with the name Kate and Cal, and she had just gone through a really challenging year. She was also expecting another baby. I had just had a baby weeks ago, wasn't even cleared to work out yet. And we decided, you know what, God is calling us to this, and there is no better time than his timing. And so if he's going to say, right now is the time to start and launch this business, then all these other external factors must be in his plan somehow. So we just decided to sit down with our husbands, who were two of our biggest encouragers in saying yes in this crazy season of life. But we ended up creating our website and launching that business in January of 2021. So almost a year now. 
so the the typical way that we that we look at life and we handle all of this stuff is you have a baby that that's not cheap you have a house that's not cheap that's a commitment and you started this business which wasn't like it was an overnight success I mean it's been a grind you guys work really hard but you essentially started at zero in the midst of that you left your career yes minor detail (laughs) minor detail so not only are you taking on more financial responsibility it's great responsibility but it feel you feel the financial pressure because mm-hmm. it's not easy and in the midst of that you walked away from your income and yeah. and you walked away from stability you walked away from predictability and you went head first into what was seemingly probably scary right oh gosh yeah it was so scary and it took me away it took me a really long time to make that step and you see people do that. You see people leave their careers and you're so happy for them and so excited for them. But then when it comes to your own life and thinking about the changes and the stepping into fear that that actually takes, it's really scary. Um, Especially for someone like me who grew up believing in a lot of the typical cultural ways of thinking about finance. And so even back when Cole quit his corporate job, it terrified me because in my mind, a household with two stable, quote unquote, stable incomes with normal jobs um, that get a paycheck twice a month. Those that's how I wanted to live my life was nice and predictable. And so when he quit, I was I was terrified. And then when fast forward five years later, here I am about to quit our other, quote unquote, stable job. Um, It was really scary, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do a single thing differently. I think that it was by far the best decision for us and for our family. And again, when we're following God's plan, it's always going to be in our best interest and just so beautiful how he creates every detail of that plan. So it's one thing to to say that, and it's another thing to act on it. Yep. Um, That's the hard part. I mean, what you did is very countercultural. I mean, and you probably had people in your life saying, no, you need to stay. You need you need that health insurance and, and you need the, t- the predictable income. And when is your husband going to get a real job? And I'm sure you get a lot of that. How did you just emotionally get there to say, no, I'm going to do this, even though it's scary and, and it's risky. Mm-hmm. You had a baby and you had this, this new house. How did you actually get there? I think a big part of it for me was thinking of the long term and also really prioritizing the things in my life. And so wanting to, A, make decisions not about money, but about the meaning. And that's why we take the name of this podcast and this business so seriously. Was I going to stay in teaching because of that stable paycheck or was I denying where my real value was or was I going to you know, take the risk and do something that was bringing me so much value, which was being able to stay home with our little girl most of the time while also working on this side business that I'd become so passionate about and felt like I was truly being called to. And it's really scary when you sit and think about putting in your resignation. And for me, a big thing is I hate disappointing people. And so that kept playing back in my head time and time again was these people that I've grown to love and built incredible relationships at my job. Um, some really good friends, some really amazing people, amazing students that I got to teach. And 
that's really hard to walk away from. I think it's even harder to walk away from things and make changes when things aren't bad. Um, it's harder to make change and make decisions when things are going well. There's not like a specific reason besides that you feel your heart being tugged to this other than this. And so I, I thought in the long term, I just talked to my husband a lot. I prayed a lot. I thought about long term, where do I see my life going and what hard decisions do I need to make right now to make that change? And then you just got to do it. And I had a timeline, thankfully, because teaching renews and our, our letters for the next year, were com- the deadline was coming up. And so it was now or never. And I was either going to continue denying where I felt like my heart was leading me or I was going to make the change. And thankfully, I did make the change. But it took a ton of support from the people around me and, and also just keeping that long-term vision in mind and my priorities in place. So two things you just mentioned I want to I wanna circle back on. Number one, you mentioned the long-term vision. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important because it's hard to see more than two, three, six months in front of us. And, and I remember when this happened. I mean, you were terrified, right? My, is that fair oh, yeah. for me to say? Oh, yeah. I was probably shaking. <laughs> it, it's scary because all of a sudden, this income ended. Now, Cole, Cole's been successful by all accounts, I believe, in, in his business and it's growing. It hasn't always been easy. But so, but the reality is, is that Cole's business is an unpredictable income. Mm-hmm. It's volatile. You had a very stable income and it ended. Mm-hmm. You, had a, you had a baby, a house, a husband with a volatile income, and you're starting from scratch. Yep. And that's the scary part. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, long term, this is going to be better because you and I both both know. I mean, I always say, I always say, Kate, Kate will eventually make more than Cole and I combined. Um, <laughs> that's the reality we're probably looking at. <laughs> and, and we have a long time to make that happen. But it is scary. And I remember that when I left my job, we took a 90% pay cut. My family did. And there, no matter how good you think long term is, that's terrifying. So when you lost that income and all of a sudden you're staring at the reality that you have no stability and no predictability, how did you navigate those first several months? What did that look like for you, Kate? Yeah, so for us, we luckily have an incredible financial coach, Travis. And You don't get extra points for butt kissing. Kate. Okay, but I wouldn't <laughs> have been able to do it without you, truly. Every time we had a meeting, I was, I was walking away confident in my decision. But we kind of set a plan in place and logistically had some savings set aside for this, what we called our career launch fund. And that was really helpful and just having peace of mind that, you know, I quit and a year from now we burn through our career launch fund because we fail at everything and I go back to teaching. That's honestly the worst. Think about the worst case scenario. What's, what do you do? Go back to a job that had incredible relationships and, Um, people you really admire. And so that's kind of what helped me emotionally get through that. I also think, and I strongly believe that making these kind of changes, if there was ever a time in history to do things like this, it's now because I had, and this is kind of just who I am, I had plans on plans on plans. And so if I needed to go pick up a side job or go do X, Y, Z. There's tons of those things out there right now. There's tons of opportunities like that that we can help to support if we're thinking about finances logistically. 
I ha- I knew I had things in my back pocket that I could pull out if if I needed to, but ultimately it's been a huge area of growth for me and my trust um, taking that leap of faith. And so it, it's all paid out and it's been incredible to see, but emotionally again, not always the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> so like on the outside, it might look good, but inside yes. you're like screaming. Sometimes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. You mentioned, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And it, it reminds me of when, when I was getting ready to leave my career and we we're going to take that huge pay cut. I remember one of my mentors said, what's the worst that happens? You totally fail and you go back and get a job again. I'm yep. like, fair point. I guess, I guess there isn't, there isn't a scenario in there where I'm going to be homeless and my kids are going to starve to death. I go get another job which could be awesome too. And I love that perspective of what's the worst thing going to happen? You and Cole fail and then you do something different. At least you know. Mm -hmm. No regrets, no second guessing, no what ifs. I love that. And we, I mean, you can apply that to almost all the changes we we made. Maybe not having a baby, (laughs) but, you know, buying a house, it seems like such a huge decision. And it is a huge decision because it's a big financial investment or whatever you want to call it. And we buy the wrong house, no big deal. We'll sell it and get a different one, you know? All the all the changes that you make, there there's always something you can do. So you might as well just go for it. Exactly. And and I think when we stop thinking about the money all the time and it's really about the meaning, um, we're it's easier to forgive ourselves mm-hmm. and to give ourselves grace. And if we make a mistake and we're going to I was I won't talk about it on air, but it was funny. I witnessed uh, a financial mistake yesterday by Kate. And it was funny. We had a good laugh on it, and then we just move on. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and so it's funny that we're going to make mistakes. We're going to screw up, but we move on because it's not about the money. The goal isn't to die with the most money in our bank account. The goal is to live a meaningful life. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we're going to do things for the right reasons, and we should always do the right thing for the right reasons, and we're going to do things that aren't going to make us end up with the most amount of money. Yeah. And and so that takes a lot. I think one of the most difficult emotional aspects to navigate when it comes to transitions is just the opinions of other people. And I know you've talked about this on this podcast several times before, but it truly can make a difference in whether you make a change or not is the people that are influencing you. And so just really take a step back. And obviously I've mentioned my faith a ton because that is the biggest part of every decision that Cole and I make. But ultimately it's your decision and and you and if you have a spouse, it's your decision together. And so shutting out the noises and and it's even it's people with great intentions, people who who love you so much and they just want the best for you. But the best for you may not look the same. That has been the best for them in their life. And that's okay. Um, But make the change anyways, because. If you truly believe it's where you're supposed to be, then the Lord's going to honor that and the change is going to be worth it. Uh, It's funny that you say that because, and this is the beauty of uh, being totally unprepared here, that the second thing I was going to circle back on that you said is I want to ask you about this idea of bringing bringing people around you that are encouraging Mm. because the noise around us can be terrible. It can so bring, loud. it can just, it can just drag us down. And for every one person that's saying, you can do this, go for it. You know, I got your back. There's a hundred saying, don't do it. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. It's too big of a risk. Yep. So tell me about that. Tell me about this idea that, that of bringing around people. What did that look like for you? 
and, and just share a little bit about that because I think that's that was so important. Oh, yeah, it is so important. And thankfully, Cole, my husband, is just my number one supporter, and I respect and trust his opinions and outlook on all of these things so much that it's almost like the Lord and then Cole, my spouse, who, like, they're the only opinions that really matter to me. And I can say that, but then when you go out into the world and hear things, it, it's a little different, and I'm not as strong when we're not, you know, constantly surrounded by your people. One of the things that I recognized when I was going to make this jump, and it became public, and is that people start talking, and people start making comments to you. And you mentioned earlier, they have the, the best intentions. Mm -hmm. They love you. People really do love you, and people love me, and they cared about me, and it didn't always come out great. And, and what I learned is that when people put that stuff out there and they say things to us, it's often a reflection of their own jealousy, their own fear, their own shortcomings, their own failings. And we all have them. I have all mine. I have jealousy and fear and failings and shortcomings. I have all of those. Yeah, me too. But, but often I find that when we do these crazy things that are countercultural and people unintentionally take a big crap on it, is that often it's not a reflection on us. It's really a reflection on kind of what they're going through. And, and I don't know if you saw that, or, but I kind of saw that around you just from my, you know, on the outside looking in perspective. Yeah, yeah, I definitely saw that as well. And, and I still see it. Even today, I feel like I'm a lot more confident in my decisions than we are when we're going, when we're amidst the transition. It's easier to feel less confident because you don't know how it's going to play out. And thankfully, so far, all these things are really going well, and they're going honestly way better than I could have ever predicted them, um, which is just really cool to see. But that does, A, that's not always how it's going to go, and B, it is easier to be confident a year down the road. So having made some pretty drastic decisions and stepping into faith, stepping into the unknown, doing something very countercultural, do you find that every time you do, it becomes a little easier to do it next time? Yes, <laughs> I do. I think that it's like a muscle. And when you work that muscle, and, and in this case, it's the ability to make a change or the ability to say yes to an opportunity that may have scared you previously, um, that muscle grows a little stronger. And like I mentioned, your confidence grows a little bit stronger. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a healthy way to be living is not in in this box that culture has created for you and not in a box playing safe by the rules and by all the rules and I think that I'm making myself laugh because that was me probably not that long ago 18 months ago and that's why when Cole quit his corporate job, it was so scary for me. And he was so confident and he is exactly and was exactly where he needed to be. And I am almost, I'm almost speaking from a place of, I felt, I feel guilty for the way that I reacted to that sometimes. And because I was that negative attitude, you know, not meaning to with the best intentions for our family and our marriage in mind. But, you know, I was taking away the gift that the Lord had given him and the calling that the Lord had given him. 
And who am I to do that? Even as his wife, you know, it was really hard for me to see because of the things that were so ingrained in me on what, the way that life was supposed to look. That's pretty fair. You were pissed. Yeah. <laughs> but but also in your defense. We could have talked about it. could have talked about it before he did it. He knew sakes. what I would say, though, because I definitely was in a place where that would have been maybe not even on the table for me, at least for a few more months. And so I think that, yes, it could have been handled better on his end, but I also think he knew me very well. Um, and at, let's just say we've both grown a lot since then. Fair, that's fair. That's fair. And, uh, and I'm just really proud to watch you guys walk that path together. Um, like uh, my wife Sarah and I, you two are very different from each other. You are his opposite. You're actually the me, and Cole is just like uh, my wife, Sarah, which I'm sorry. It's got to be maddening. Um, but it's been fun to watch you guys navigate this together because it's funny. Since we started working together, your life has gotten more uncertain, um, scarier, more exciting, and more fulfilling every step of the way. Yes. And, and, and one would look in and say, they're worse off. They could have had two stable incomes, and here they are kind of winging it month to month, and they have a baby, and they have a house, and oh, my goodness. And I'm with you, I'm with you guys all the time, and I watch it from, from, my, from my little seat where I get a perch. I'm watching you guys really live your best life. You craft your life the way it gives you the most meaning, and you're awesome parents, and you have so many good friends, and you just really structure your life to follow God's call, and... I just see so much meaning in it. And, and the money may follow, maybe not, but my goodness, to watch you guys live out your best lives, that's all we can ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is so much fun. And I think for the first time, truly for the first time in my life, the last however many months since officially leaving my job, I felt more in line and more at peace with where God has me than ever before. And it is truly one of the coolest feelings. And it, it obviously it comes with its own challenges. That's not what we're here saying is that we have a perfect life that we are living. And I've had a ton. I've also feel like I've struggled more in the last year than, than ever before. So it's on, on different aspects um, with postpartum and things that we're not, we won't go into on this episode, but I also just know that it feels so good to not be held back by my own fears and doubts. And that, that is how I feel like I lived for a really long time. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, I I can say the same thing about my journey. I've been on this journey post career for two and a half years and there's a lot of hard stuff. It's not easy, Mm -hmm. but man, I would never, I would never give any of it back. I would, I wouldn't change anything. And, and people say, you know, Travis, you'd have a lot more money and a lot more security if you would have just stayed. And very good point. That's true. But I wasn't going for security and safety and more money. I was going for the meaning. And, and I can say with certainty that I have so much more meaning. And it's not that what I did before didn't have meaning. But when I lean hard into the meaning, it brought me here. And I see the same thing in you guys. Yeah, it is pretty special. And I do want to add that meaning, obviously, this goes without saying, but that meaning looks so different for everyone. And for us, all three of us, really, it has looked like quitting our careers and stepping into entrepreneurship. 
But whether it's for those listening, just, you know, making a career change or taking that job that you feel like would add so much value to your life and to others' life, but maybe it's a significant pay cut or whatever that looks like, just thinking thinking that it doesn't always have to be this route, you know, quitting our career and stepping into entrepreneurship. That is what it has looked like for us. But whatever that change is, just be more open-minded about it, I guess. Uh Totally agree. Thanks for mentioning that too. Thanks for naming it. I forget that all three of us are business owners now, but you know, you came from teaching mm-hmm. and, and I have several clients that are young teachers, you know, some of them and they are living their absolute best life. So mm-hmm. while it was time for you to move on from teaching, I, I know some other people that I work with, they are living their absolute best life as teachers. And, and same goes for my old career. My old career was amazing. Some of my old former colleagues, they're living their best life. And so I don't think there's a right and wrong job, but there is right or wrong jobs for me and for Kate and for Cole and for you listening that there's right, there's, a, there's work that matters for all of us. We need to find that. And sometimes it actually is a pay increase and, and not a pay decrease. And, but it's really about pursuing the work that matters. Yeah. Um, Kate, one last question. Um, so you talked a lot about your journey and making some wild life choices that brought you to where you're at. A lot of the people listening, young adults, the majority of our listeners are younger, I would say sub 30, and they're either in the midst of life change, having babies, new jobs, relocation, um, you know, getting married even, like so you're past that, but getting married, such, such big life changes, or they might want to have some life changes, but it's scary, it's terrifying, because the world says, no, limit those changes, limit the volatility, limit the risk. What would you say to a listener that's in the midst of that season or maybe would like to be but is scared to do it? What, would you, what advice would you give them? Um, so, yeah, for those of you that are amidst those transitions and, and, and challenges and changes, I would just say really take it day by day. Slow down and recognize, you know, the meaning that is coming from these changes instead of necessarily maybe looking at the challenging parts and I know for me um I can get I'm speaking to my business we can get 12 comments of just incredible awesome feedback that is so affirming and then one comment that is negative or even just like a little bit critical or whatever and it can derail my entire 12 comments that were just so incredibly life-giving and so those aren't the things you want to focus on and I know because I'm speaking from experience that that can be really hard to play out it's easy for me to sit here and and say that without a specific circumstance in mind but just keep your eye on the long term I know we mentioned that earlier Um, and then just keep your eyes focused on how that change in that transition is adding value to your life and to others lives and how you're serving other people and your families and your future families better because of it. And then to the people that are scared to make the change and you're sitting there kind of wrestling with, should I do it? Should I not? When is the right time? I would say that you need to remember that there's never going to be a perfect time to make a change. I've learned that time and time again. There's always going to be a, always going to be a reason not to make a change. And so if you can just rip off the Band-Aid and make the change. And again, 
commit to the change and then commit to it for a year, six months, whatever makes sense with your situation, and then reevaluate. But you're going to be amazed at how, how far you can come emotionally and financially and just all around in these changes that you're making with allowing yourself like allowing yourself the chance to make a mistake in the first place and you can't do that without actually taking a step forward so that would be my encouragement to you love love that kate well thank you thanks for um joining me on 10 minutes notice totally unprepared (laughs) i totally ambushed you and i'm I'm grateful that you were a good sport you bet i'm always up for something so kate while, while you're here um, I need to ask you, like, where can people find you? Where, where do you, where would you like people to reach you if, if they, if they're interested in learning more about you, your business? Because I think you're really a compelling person, and you're really engaging, and, and I just, I just, I just love you. And so, where can people find you? Yeah, I can be found over on Instagram. That's where I hang out most of my days. I love adding value in that space. I think it's a really cool space to connect with people, and I love doing that. So our business page is called Kate and Calco, and that's kind of where we dig into the word daily and offer some community and fellowship over there. And then my personal page is kate.netton, and that is another page where I love to pour encouragement into mamas and marriages. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Um, That's all we have for today. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. We are also on Instagram, Meaning Over Money. You can find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram. We have a YouTube channel you can find. And of course, Meaning Over Money, which is our financial course for young adults, where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And that's at meaningover.money. And as always, if you desire to purchase a course, please don't pay full price. As our way of saying thank you, You can get 25% off any of our courses by using the promo code PODCAST25, PODCAST25, at checkout. And if that's a good step for you, then we're going to be excited to have you. And if not, we're just grateful that you're here, and we hope this podcast continues to add value to your journey. Take care, guys. 